0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode, episode 42 of If You Smell What the Arch Is Cooking. I'm your host, Archie Mitchell, and I want to thank you guys for waiting out my one-week hiatus where I took a break. I had a lot of my plate, a lot of work going on, a lot of different back and forth to different states, such as Pennsylvania, New York, uh, you know, uh, Delaware, which are only you know an hour, two hours away from me. But work had my ass all over the place to meet up with my clientele um, and getting them straight during this tax season. Uh, but we'll go into what I do at another time. This, however, is the return of If You Smell What the Are Just Cooking after that one-week layoff. And we're going to be talking about a couple of different things tonight. Four quick hits. And then, of course, we'll be speaking about AEW's Revolution Pay-Per-View, which just happened this past Sunday night, um, they once again hit a home run, folks. They once again put out an incredible product, and it really makes you realize that wrestling is still alive and well, and that these guys are going out there and putting their bodies on the line and having great matches, whether they're on the buy in, which is the one hour pre show, or the main show. Uh, we're only going to be covering the main show this evening. Um, but it was action-packed. I mean, there was a couple of times like, okay, it's time for the world title match. And then I found out we were still two matches away. And that's not to say that I got bored. No, I just didn't realize that it was such a jam-packed card. So big ups once again to AEW on doing a fantastic job in producing a wrestling pay-per-view. Not a weekly special, not a uh, uh, paid uh paid house show or whatever wwe is calling their pay-per-views anymore um and it's not sports entertainment big ups to them for putting up a wrestling pay-per-view once again so go ahead and crack open your favorite frosty beverage i've got mine and listen to me spew my venom my hate and my love for the world of wrestling and sports entertainment first quick kick on the block Quick hit one. Vince McMahon will be the one inducting The Undertaker into the 2022 Hall of Fame. Now, I understand that The Undertaker respects Vince McMahon very much. They've had a great relationship during the (laughs) over 30 year career of The Undertaker in the WWE. I mean, he debuted in 1990 and he only retired in 2020. Um, But I just feel that there are better people. Who could have inducted him? Who are those better people? Well, number one, Kane. Uh Kane is the man who played The Undertaker's brother for all these years. They had compelling storylines as a tag team, as brothers, and as bitter rivals. Going so far as to set each other on fire and bury each other alive. If that's not storytelling and uh, worthy to induct The Undertaker, I don't know what is. Number two on the list, Shawn Michaels. These two had stellar WrestleMania back-to-back matches. It was The Undertaker who retired Shawn Michaels. Um, And they had a stellar career against each other as well. Whether you date back to Bad Blood when Kane debuted, uh, it was Shawn versus Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. Uh, They also battled in a ladder match uh, at Royal Rumble. And when Shawn buried The Undertaker alive, he came on the screen and ascended into the heavens, um, thus starting the beginning of a new Undertaker. Uh, And number three, I know Paul Bear has passed away. I know that, you know, there's no way to do Paul Bear, but Paul Heyman was also a manager of The Undertaker. And I could think of no one better than Paul Heyman to pay homage to the dead man, speaking about the early days of Mark Calloway and giving him his uh, ascendance into the WWE Hall of Fame. Again, I have no problem with Vince McMahon being the one to do it. I just think there were better people ahead of him. But, you know, Vince, he's got to toot his own horn. So, toot, toot. And uh, Vince, please do us a favor. Try and speak coherently and um, not look so much like the crib keeper when you do this Hall of Fame induction, uh, if that's possible. Number two, sticking with the Hall of Fame theme, the man that they call Vader, three-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion, IWGP Champion, All Japan Pro Carnival Champion. This man will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this year as well, and it's a long time coming. I am a Vader fan. I am a fan of big man wrestling. Bam Bam Bigelow, Yokozuna, vader there were no better and they were all taken from us too early but it has been a long time coming for the man that they call vader to be put into the wwe hall of fame it's about damn time i know that he didn't do that much in the wwe uh because of his problems backstage with Shawn michaels Shawn michaels politicking saying that vader was injury prone and was hurting people Stiff arming him and making him look bad in the ring. Um, and he was just never able to get out of the blocks after that. But Vader in WCW. Vader in Japan. Is one of the biggest badasses there ever was. And for him not to be in the Hall of Fame. Is a crying shame. So good job WWE. I give you a pat on the back this time. You've finally done the right move. In putting Vader in. The WWE Hall of Fame. Number three. If you watched AEW Dynamite this week like I did, you know Tony Khan made a major announcement in that AEW has purchased Ring of Honor. Now, Tony did not exactly say what all this means, but reports are coming out that he bought their entire library of uh, wrestling. Uh, He bought out a few contracts of some of the wrestlers. Those that are still there in Ring of Honor, such as the Briscoe brothers, um, Dan Housen, who is now in AEW or anyway, uh, and a few others, Jonathan Grisham. Um, that may be why we're seeing a few of these wrestlers on Impact as well, as AEW is allowing them to work there until they bring them over. Um, there's been talk about Ring of Honor becoming the developmental for AEW, uh, like NXT is for the WWE, them giving them their own show and uh, possibly even hiring uh, a couple of um, older wrestlers to be the pros. Um, And obviously, they've got Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Sting, (laughs) Scott Taylor, Scottie Tuhati is always around the block. You know, there are plenty of names that can be hired to uh, go ahead and coach and get these guys into some worthy ring shape, uh, if need be, in a developmental uh, territory. So great job, Tony Khan! Uh, a lot of people were critiquing, like, what did you really buy? You know, you already had their wrestlers, and you could have just bought out contracts. Why did you need a uh, Ring of Honor? Well, a lot of AEW's talent, namely Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, uh, are in Ring of We're in Ring of Honor, and if uh, Tony Khan wants to put together a, a DVD or a best of, or one day release a streaming service. Well, he needs those hours of tape in order to put those gentlemen on that streaming site. Also, him owning the library of Ring of Honor means that Vince McMahon doesn't. And it also means that he can use that as leverage against Vince later on in time. So, again, congratulations, Tony Khan. I think you pulled off one hell of a move. Can't wait to see what you do next. And the final quick hit in keeping with the Hall of Fame theme here rumors are circulating after vader was announced as the next inductee into the hall of fame that the steiner brothers would be the third and fourth inductees into the wwe hall of fame and that braun breaker the son of rick steiner and current nxt world heavyweight champion would be the one to induct them now for years people said there's no way that vince would allow the steiner brothers in because he did not want to give scott steiner a live mic against the WWE and on a live show. But I think, I think that Braun Breaker has helped to maybe mend any fences and uh, problems that Scotty had with Vince and company. And I also think that Scott wants to see his nephew continue to succeed. An accolade of going into the WWE Hall of Fame isn't a bad thing. So maybe Scotty could let bygones be bygones for one night and give us a little Steiner math on how these Steiner brothers finally ended up in the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, I am a huge Scott Steiner fan. That's not saying I'm not a Rick Steiner fan. I enjoyed the Steiner brothers in WCW. I thought that they were kind of kicked in the nuts and castrated when they were in the WWF. Um, I liked them in ECW, and I thought they were great in Japan. But I do believe that they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame as well. Um, And this gives me hope of one of two things. One, that they will be getting elite action figures in the WWE line, possibly the Legends line. And that would be wonderful because I'd love to have a Rick and Scott Steiner in my collection. And two, if a team like the Steiner Brothers, with Scott having so many issues with the WWF and WWE in the past can come into the Hall of Fame well then why can't my favorite tag team of all time demolition so maybe fences can be mended there as well you never know but I know one thing this year's Hall of Fame is going to be awesome I will definitely be watching it I may even cover it for an episode on if you smell what the arch is cooking because This is already four huge names, four former World Heavyweight Champions, and four men who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame that have been announced. And we've still got quite a while till WrestleMania. So continue doing your thing when it comes to the Hall of Fame, WWE. You've got my vote. And now moving on to AEW Revolution. The pay-per-view that was so jam-packed, they had to throw three matches on the buy-in. Those three matches were Layla Hurts taking on Chris Statlander, in which Layla Hurts won. Uh, Hook taking on QT Marshall, in which Hook won. And uh, there was a six-man tag that um, was kind of hyped, but not really. Uh, It slips my mind on who the match was, but apparently... Uh, they were all pretty decent matches to get the fans hyped up. Show starts though, and we go right into the match that I was waiting for. There were two matches on this card that I wanted to see more than anything CM Punk versus MJF in the dog collar match, and Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho one on one for the first time. Well, that's what opened the show. Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, two veterans. One who took the indie route the whole way, finally made it just a couple of years ago by making it to AEW, that being Eddie Kingston, and one who was a star from the minute Jim Cornette saw him, brought him to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, sent him over to ECW, then to Japan, then to WCW, and then the WWE. Chris Jericho. These two men waged war on one another, showed a bitter for one another with every move that they did. Eddie Kingston hit an amazing looking back fist. I don't think there's a UFC fighter that can actually do that back fist as clean as Eddie Kingston does. And almost knocked out Chris Jericho, but Chris kicked out. Chris hit the lion salt and put on the walls of Jericho. Eddie would not submit in any way, shape or form though. And then Eddie put on his own submission maneuver. An arm and head wrenching neck twist, I don't even know what they called it, but it looked painful, and every time he wrenched back on that arm and you saw the look on Jericho's face, I know I cringed. I I don't know if you did at home, but I know I cringed. Jericho actually tapped out. Eddie Kingston wins the big one, as Jericho says, and Eddie Kingston finally gets a win in one of these solid feuds that he's been involved in this year. First, it was Daniel Bryanson. Then it was uh, CM Punk, and now it's Jericho. I kind of hope that he and Jericho have a little more of a feud. I've said that over the past couple of feuds he's had, but I'm hoping him and Jericho continue their feud. If not, though, thank you to Chris Jericho for putting someone like Eddie Kingston over. I happen to love Eddie Kingston very much. I think he's great on the mic and great in the ring, and I hope that this means big things for him moving forward. Uh, match number two, the Young Bucks, Red Dragon, and Jurassic Express in a triple threat tag team match. In the beginning of this match, did not seem like a triple threat. No. This was a four-on-two match with Red Dragon and the Bucks keeping a great unit and working over both Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Um, they really hit every... <laughs> version of a super kick or knee strike that they could together. Um, the amazing um, axe and smash type of wrestling that Bobby Fish and uh, Kyle O'Reilly bring to the ring. Um, you know, that ground and pound but mounting style that they both have is unbelievable. And then you've got the Young Bucks who are willing to pretty much jump and fly off of anything. Um, but in the end, Uh, O'Reilly broke up a pin that Matt Jackson was going for. The bitterness came out a bit. Both teams started to finally hit one another and beat down on one another. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus made a great comeback. All six men were battling it out. And in the end, Jungle Boy picked up the win for his tag team. And Jurassic Express are still your uh, AEW World Tag Team Champions. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) I think that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus have earned themselves a long title reign. This is their fourth title defense. And the fifth team that they've beaten, I think they need to run the gauntlet and continue to beat every uh, numbered team on that ranking system and only lose them to someone like an FTR or a Red Dragon. Why? Because we've had face tag teams now as champions. The Lucha Bros were a face tag team. You can call them tweeners. Say they're they're heels. No, they are a face tag team. So are the Lucha Bros. Uh, So are the uh, Jurassic Express, in my opinion. To go from the Bucks, who were heels, to Lucha Bros, who were faces, and then Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, faces, it needs to be a dominant heel tag team. So they need to run the gauntlet continually, beat the next four or five teams, keep these belts another few months, and then finally drop them to either FTR or Red Dragon. But I think they've done a phenomenal job. They are not a flash in the pan tag team. They are fantastic, and I love the way that these two men work together. Face num- uh, Match number three, the face of the Revolution Battle Royal. Um, this was a car crash, but for all the right reasons. Why? Well, here's why. You've got Christian Cage and Ricky Starks who are looking to jump off of anything, and they did you got Orange Cassidy and his lackadaisical kicks, which then got uh, Keith Lee taken down by powerhouse Hobbs and um, Wardlow. And then you've got Wardlow, who's looking to make a name for himself, as if Keith Lee, who just debuted a couple of weeks ago, as is powerhouse Hobbs. Six men willing to put themselves on the line to become the face of the revolution. Well, guess what they did? Uh, Wardlow proving he is a powerhouse, no pun intended towards powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Keith Lee with that running pounce on powerhouse Hobbs, sending him out of the ring completely. And then Wardlow with a double shoulder block, sending Hobbs and Lee off the entrance and uh, stage area down into the floor, taking them both out was unbelievable. It was a crazy sight to see. He then comes back to the ring. Ricky Starks is on a ladder trying to get to the brass ring, gold ring, Sonic the Hedgehog ring, whatever you want to say. Uh, Wardlow comes in, power bombs Ricky on a uh, ladder bridge, stands up, and Wardlow wins the face of the Revolution Battle Royal. Now, here's why this is a good thing. That's a good thing, folks. Wardlow is a born and bred aew talent he came in with mjf and if wardlow is now the face of the revolution and is their next heir apparent to the tnt title more power to him we've had sammy garage champion cody rhodes Brody lee i think wardlow would do great as the champion i think him as this monstrous powerhouse as he has been continuing to mow through everyone and anybody Keep doing it, kid. You deserve it. This is his time to break out. And I think he proved that here tonight and a little later on on the show. Next up, we get Jade Cargill and Tay Conti for the TBS women's title. This match started off so weirdly when um, Jade gave Tay an open-mouth kiss. The whole crowd hushed and went, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. She then went for a pump kick, which Tay... Um, reversed. These two went back and forth for a little bit, and it was always Tay's speed versus the power of Jade Cargill. And Jay Jade tried to get involved, not to uh, get at Jade in any way, but to protect her partner, Tay Conte. It helped Tay a little bit here and there. But in the end, at about the eight-minute mark, I want to say, Jade Cargill hit the Jaded that glam slam and got the win. She is still the TBS champion. This match was a little bit sloppy, but nothing that bad. I say that about a lot of Jade matches. I say it a lot about a lot of Te Conte matches as well. But I think these two just needed to slow it down a little bit. I still think they did a great job. It was a great placement for this match. Only four matches into the pay-per-view because bigger and better things were about to happen. Such as CM Punk and MJF in a dog collar match. And fans, let me tell you something. I was not alive when Roddy Piper took on Greg the Hammer Valentine in a dog collar match. I've seen tapes of it. I've seen it on YouTube. And that match is gruesome. Well, I think this match took over for it. MJF has been playing mind games with CM Punk for the last few weeks, saying that Punk left him. And then he beat down Punk this past uh, Wednesday night on Dynamite and causing Punk to bleed ugly. Well, he made him bleed ugly again in this one. Punk started off by hanging MJF by the chain whenever he tried to run away. MJF finally got in a few shots. The chain was introduced. Punk began bleeding like a stuffed pig. And MJF got control. But what I will say about this is Punk continued to fight back. Um... He made no reservations about doing anything and everything in this matchup. Uh, He put his body on the line, as did Maxwell Jacob Friedman. These two men, through their hatred, fought all over the arena with that chain. Punk used the chain on his elbow and on his knee to inflict more pain on Max. Max finally busted open as well. The, The downright... Unbelievableness of CM Punk trying to go for the Pepsi plunge on some thumbtacks on Max trying to use his um, better than you armbar uh, salt of the earth and not being able to lock it in completely to Punk just back and forth back and forth of, of a bloody battered mess MJ then called for Wardlow who came out to the ring he wanted his dynamite diamond ring that he's won three times Wardlow could not find it which was very funny. Punk got up and hit MJF with a solid kick to the head. Wardlow then found the dynamite diamond ring, went oops, put the, belt, the ring on the uh, ring mat and walked away. Punk used the ring, gets the win. CM Punk gets the win, and what a match. 30 solid min- minutes of a brutal battle. I loved every minute of it. I loved every minute of this feud. If it's continuing, thank you, AEW. If it's ended, thank you, CM Punk and MJF and AEW. Absolutely brilliantly booked and incredible to watch. I can't say enough about this match. This was my favorite match on the entire show. Now, again, this match ends on the day. Okay, one more match and we go to the main event, right? No. <laughs> we go to Britt Baker taking on Thunder Rosa. For the women's title. This was everything it had to be. Thunder Rosa hitting some high profile moves. Such as her Thunder Driver. Uh, Bert Baker hitting her twisting neck breaker. Uh, back and forth they went. We saw outside interference from Rebel on two occasions. Which caused Thunder Rosa from getting the pinfall. And then the submission victory. We then saw Jamie Hayter get involved. And Britt Baker hit that stomp. On the belt. But Thunder Rosa still kicked out. They continue to go back and forth. That And Rosa finally took out Hader. And Rebel goes to get in the ring. And guess what? Britt Baker hit the double stomp. Puts Rosa down. Gets the one, two, three. And Britt Baker is still the AEW women's title. A new belt in this one uh, that we saw Britt Baker come to the ring with. And a couple of people are like, well, you know, when are they going to get to under Rosa the belt? Britt Baker is doing amazing things with that belt, ladies and gentlemen. There's no reason to take it off of her right now. You take that belt off of her, and if the experiment with Dunder Rosa doesn't work, then what? What do we do then? We put it back on Britt Baker. We waste all that time. Right now, let her hold the belt. Let her do her thing. And when she's ready to relinquish it and move on to the next uh, champion, that's what you do. There's no reason to rush that title off of her. And then we now come to our next matchup. And again, I'm thinking, okay, one more and we're going to the world. Cup. No, no, we still have more. And it is John Moxley taking on Brian Danielson. This, like the uh dog collar match, was two guys who hated each other bitter, bitterly. We saw some um uh, highlights of their past matches when they had their first match, their second match. You know, these two have a, a great pass with one another, even in the WWE. Um and Moxley has never been able to beat Brian Danielson. They made each other vote bloody, mass, mask, uh, messes, uh, whatever you want to call it, they did it to each other. The punches, the kicks, the chops were just downright cringeworthy because of the, sh- the, the sounds we were hearing, uh, even at home on television. I can only imagine what they sounded like on uh, TV, uh, you know, in the crowd. Moxley. Got hooked in that uh, neckbreaker by um, Brian Danielson, and Moxley realized that the ego was going to get in the way. He turned it around into a pinning predicament. He knew Danielson would not let it go. The referee counts one, two, and three. And John Moxley gets his first win over Brian Danielson. Danielson was not happy about this. He, of course, bitched and moaned and tried to get more at Moxley so they could fight. And then William Regal, the former NXT general manager makes his way out to the arena the fans are in awe i am marking out can't believe that the guy who used to run an xt is in aew and he comes out there and he calms the boat down because he has trained brian danielson and he has trained john moxley he calms the belt down they shake hands and all three walk away together i don't know what this means for the future but whatever it is i like it and i want more of it ladies and gentlemen and then we go to a six-man tag, and I'm I'm sorry, but this was a throwaway match, in my opinion. We should have gotten Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allin for the TNT title, not a six-man tag with Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, Andrade, taking on Sting, Darby, and Sammy Guevara. But maybe they needed a palate cleanser after all that's happened before we go to the main event. That's fine, too. This was a standard six-man tag other than it was a tornado tag match. They all fought all over the arena. Sting beat the hell out of Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, Darby Allen was there going back and forth with Matt Hardy. And, of course, Andrade and Guevara took their shots at one another also. face um, team won. Um, Darby Allen got the win for his team. Um, and it's just, in my opinion, it's just a matter of time. Before Andrade kicks Matt Hardy out of the Andrade house Hardy, you know, Hardy family, whatever the hell it's called. Um, And like I said, this was a throwaway tag match. This could have been on any episode of Dynamite or Rampage. We could have gotten Sammy Guevara and Darby Allin in a 20-minute match. That would have been fantastic. But what am I going to say? Not every match is going to be a winner. And then it's time for our main event. Adam Cole baby taking on mr cowboy shit himself adam page these two guys have been having a war of the words we saw what happened on rampage and that adam page got wrapped into the ropes and uh taped to the ropes, beaten down by adam cole so here we go two guys who both made their debut at the same time in ring of honor some 14 years ago going at it for the AEW world heavyweight championship and adam cole took an early advantage he started taking it to adam page with every shot in his playbook even went for a uh panama sunrise early but page countered page finally started to get his uh, wits about him fought back as hard as he could hit everything in his um move set went for the uh buckshot clothesline but adam cole outsmarted him red dragon tried to get involved but to no avail because the Dark Order made sure that they stayed out of the match. Cole and Page went back and forth for a little while longer until Page finally unleashed the um, Buckshot Lariat after hitting Cole with one of his own knee strikes to the back of the head. And Adam Page retains the AEW World Heavyweight title. This is his fourth title defense. He is still the champion. I am still very happy for this young man. I've liked the way that they've booked his title, title reign so far, and I can't wait to see what they do with him next. Is it possible a battle with Kenny Omega? Could Jon Moxley be looking for his title rematch? Who knows? But all in all, AEW was a fantastic pay-per-view. My favorite moment of the night was CM Punk's going back to his original uh, entrance that he had in Ring of Honor down to the from the jacket and, and short pants to the music. It was fantastic. My most hated moment of the night was the six-man tag that I spoke about, Hardy and Andrade and uh, Cassidy, taking on Darby, Sammy, and Sting. But it's not their fault. It was just bad booking. All in all, though, I would give AEW Revolution a 4.5 out of 5. A little bit of sloppiness in the women's tag match and the unneeded six-man tag taken just that little smidge down from being absolutely perfect, but I have no complaints. I would go back and watch AEW Revolution five more times in the next few days just to see if there was something I missed that I wasn't sure that was there, something that I wanted to see more of because it was it was absolutely great. So if you haven't seen it yet, go out of your way to see it. If you have seen it, then you know that AEW again held nothing back from another great night of wrestling pay-per-view so there are no grinds of my gear this evening please excuse me but i promise to come up with two for next week so bear with me we will be back at our normal time slot and our normal airing date next week we will be back with our normal uh, uh repertoire of what we'll be looking at which is nxt and aew so please join us then Thank you for continuing to promote If You Smell What The Arch Is Cooking, the We Can't Wrestle podcast, uh, the uh, WrestleNet Radio, um, Reliving the Extreme, the year that was, Slice of Time, We Can't Wrestle, and Maximum Gold. Am I missing anything here? <laughs> Thank you for showing us love and continuing to be here for us. And I promise you, I will see you next time on If You Smell what the arch is okay